This is Boundless, and I'm Ed Blonsky. Everyone has a need, and I'm glad to share with you the one thing that can meet every single need. It is the love of Jesus Christ. On today's show, you will hear a message of love and hope, the very same love and hope that will meet all needs. The messages on Boundless have recently been given at St. Matthew Lutheran Church in Hawthorne Woods, Illinois. If you happen to be in the northwest suburbs of Chicago, I would love to see you this weekend. You can go to the St. Matthew website to plan your visit at www.stmatts.net. That's www.stmatts.net. Now, here's today's message. Thanks for listening. In this message series called Relentless, we're going to be taking a look at biblical texts that Christians have been meditating on for centuries at this very time of the year. And this has been, a, this will be a part of our move from Ash Wednesday all the way to Holy Week and the observance of Monday Thursday and the founding of the Lord's Supper, the historic founding of the Lord's Supper. Good Friday, the day that Jesus died on the cross to forgive all the sins of all people of all time. Holy Saturday, which is a worship service that doesn't have a sermon in it, but we recount many of the highlights in the Old Testament of the plan of salvation, of how God saves his people from sin, from death, and the power of the devil, all pointing to the glorious resurrection that we will celebrate on Easter Sunday. This is, in a way, then, a journey, our Lenten journey. It's a journey that begins with the end of winter ice and snow and will hopefully and prayerfully and God willing end with the flowers and bird song of Easter spring. Journeys are certainly a part of life, as many of you well know. And in a way, journeys are relentless. There are relentless parts of them, just as we saw last week on Wednesday, that temptation is relentless. And as we're going to see in the weeks ahead now, the relentless cries, thirst, help, and spirit. But today, it is the relentless journey that we embark on. Now, most of you, as I said, know about journeys. My family certainly knows about journeys. Almost 13 years ago, my family and I embarked on a journey from California to Illinois. I was a pastor at a church, very similar to St. Matthew, with a school. Nancy was a teacher in that school. Our boys were students in that school, but after four years there, we had reached the crossroads of sorts. Eddie was confirmed that spring in 2010 and graduating eighth grade, and then we had some decisions to make. Where was he gonna go to high school? He could go to the public school in town. We had two choices there or one of the Christian schools that was non-denominational, or he could go to the Lutheran High School, which was a little bit further east, uh, west of us towards Los Angeles. But as you may have remembered in 2008, after two years in California, the economy in the United States took a huge hit. California was very hard hit. The church had provided for us graciously a parsonage to live in, but because of the downturn in the California economy, they could no longer provide us with that housing. We were left to figure it out 
for ourselves. Where were we going to live? And in addition to that, the church had to cut the salaries of all the professional church workers in that congregation, including myself as well as my wife as a teacher in the school. We had some hard decisions to make after two years. And then on top of that, my dad was diagnosed with multiple myeloma. Now this was back in 2010 where we didn't know as much about this disease as we do now. He had been living about an hour away from us down towards San Diego, so it was very nice to having family in the area. But he decided that he was gonna move back to Chicago to receive treatments for that. So the summer of 2010, we prayed and we prayed and we prayed, and I finally decided to step out in faith with my family and leave California and head back home to Illinois. My mom was here, my brother and his family were here, and now my dad had been moving back here to begin his treatment. And the journey from there to here was a hard one. We had to move ourselves, we rented a moving truck that I would drive all the way back here, towing the car behind us. The boys and the Beagle loaded up with Nancy in the minivan as I drove the truck. And it was four days and it was 2,000 miles from Los Angeles to Chicago. We went through the Southern Rockies, New Mexico, across the panhandle of Texas, and up through Oklahoma and Missouri to here. What made it harder, however, and an arduous and a relentless journey was that Nancy and I had no job prospects. I resigned my call as a pastor there to come back here, but I didn't have a church to come back to. I was now a candidate eligible for a call in, in the Northern Illinois District, but nothing was guaranteed. But one thing we did have is we embarked on this journey, our faith in God. I felt that God was leading us back to Illinois, where I had grown up, as you probably remember. I've been talking about it. I grew up just north of here. And I knew I would find a church to serve eventually. And we had each other, and we had our extended family here in Illinois. It was an epic but relentless journey. That was 12 years ago. And I think you might agree with me that God has incredibly blessed us as a family and I think you might agree as well. You are part of that blessing in moving my, when God moved our family here. I know firsthand that as a follower of Jesus, when God calls you on a journey, he always has a place for you to go. He has that in mind to lead you. The journey, however, is not always instantaneous. It can be long. It can also be hard. It's never really easy, but it is always good in the end. And I've got another example of this as we explore it today. Abraham in the first book of the Bible. Abraham was living the good life with his wife, Sarah. That's what the eventually, that's how we know them as their names. In what today is known as the area south of Baghdad, Iraq. But about that time, about the same time as his brother Haran was had died, God called Abram. He was named Abram, which means great father, but he calls him and says, I'm going to make you a great nation, which is what Abraham means, a father of a great nation or a father of many. And God gave him the faith to trust in him that this calling was legitimate and this calling was good and that he could follow God in faith, even though he didn't know where he was going. 
The journey would be geographical. For one, Abram would follow his father, Terah, north and east, following the banks of the Tigris and the Euphrates rivers. And they settled in a region north of there and east of there on the banks of the Euphrates. And Terah, Abram's father, named that settlement, which would become the village and the city of Haran. He named it after his deceased son. But it was there that God calls Abraham to continue on the journey south and west from there to the land of Canaan. And Abram, Abraham would take Sarah, his wife, and his deceased brother's orphaned son, Lot, with him. So the journey was geographical, covered a lot of miles, but it was also physically challenging because Abram was 75 years old when he started on this journey. And this journey was not only to a new land, but God also said, you're going to be a father again. You're going to be a father of a son. You're going to have children. Now, you probably know how challenging that was going to be for Abram. He was, his age was against him, of course. And Sarah's age and physical condition, she was known as barren, meant that they were going to have to take God completely by faith. This relentless journey was geographical. This relentless journey was physical, but it was also emotional. Abraham would be leaving his father. Abraham would be leaving everything he knew to go someplace that he had no clue to what it was like or even where it was. He was going to take Lot with him. He was sort of... The, the caregiver to this orphaned son, who at this point is probably in his late teens or early 20s, but that would remind him that his brother has, has died as well, so it was emotional. And they were setting out with no maps, no GPS, no rest stops along the way, no hotels. It was geographical, it was physical, and it was emotional, like many of our journeys tend to be. But above all that, Abraham's journey was spiritual. Easter is coming and now is the time to plan to be a part of the Easter services at St. Matthew Lutheran. If you live in the northwest suburbs of Chicago or are planning a visit here, go to the St. Matthew website to find the service times that best fit your needs. www.stmats.net. That's www.stmatts.net. But if you're not in this part of the world, that's not a problem. All our worship services are streamed live on our website as well as available 24-7 after the live stream. Again, go to www.stmats.net. That's www.stmatts.net. Now, back to today's message. It would take a relentless faith in God to commence, to continue, and to complete his journey to what forever after would be known as the promised land. Now, when I hear the word journey, I usually think of something exciting. Maybe you do too. And they usually are, at least in part. Maybe it's an exotic destination, or maybe it's time spent with family or friends that you've never, you haven't seen in a long time. But oftentimes the journey, while exciting, can also be arduous. Who hasn't been excited at the prospects of a road trip especially kids, but an hour into the 10-hour road trip, 
What do you usually hear from kids? Are we there yet? Or I've got to go to the bathroom. Hopefully the destination makes up for that kind of journey. But then there are the starting over journeys, like my family's nearly 13 years ago. And what you find is that that kind of journey doesn't always start or end when we would like it to or when we think it should. Think about it. Abraham's journey started when he was 75 years old. How about Moses, who goes on a journey himself when he's 80 years old? See, it isn't outside of the realm of possibility for God to call you on a journey at the time of your life when you're thinking retirement and, lay, and sitting back and taking it easy. There's another sense of looking at this too. Our journey as a nation to become a new nation that began in earnest in 1775, but it took longer than most expected. Many thought that the War of Independence, if it were ever to come, and it was not uh, certain in 1775, would, if it did come, it would certainly be on the short end of things. It lasted nearly eight years. And it would be another six years after the war ended until we as a nation became what we would recognize today as the United States of America. Now, journeys usually don't start, don't last, and don't end when we think they should or when we would want them to. But when it comes to God's journey for us, we can pretty much expect as much. And while journeys can also be exciting, for a follower of Jesus, journeys that God puts us on are something more. Because when God calls a follower of Jesus on to a journey, there are promises attached to the journey. One promise is that Jesus will always be with us, as he says in Matthew 28, and I will be with you always to the end of the age. Another promise is that even the painful and the bad parts of the journey will turn out good. We know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose, Romans 8.28. The journeys in this life, in this world, in this location, in this geography of the planet Earth are always temporary. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison, 2 Corinthians 4.17. And that the ultimate journey that God is calling us on through our faith in Jesus Christ is that it will be to a place that is eternal. But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. Philippians 3, 20-23. So as a follower of Jesus, on a relentless journey of any kind, be sure that you know your part, your place in this journey. A man became a Christian at an older age, and he loved to tell others about his Lord. One day at a meeting that he was at, he gave a beautiful witness to his Savior. But one of the ones that was there who heard it was quite disturbed. That man told us about God's part, he said, but he forgot to tell us his part, the part before he was converted. Tell us more. 
And the aged man stood up again, and with confidence he responded, Friends, I forgot to tell you about my part. I sure did my part, all right. I was running away from God as fast as I could for 30 years. And the Lord just took out after me to run me down. I did the sinning. The Lord did the saving. And that was all the part I had. As we bring to God's relentless journey, and we get on that journey, all we bring to it is our sin. And there is nothing in us that catches God's attention. There's no special talent, no, no, no gift, no possession. The relentless part of God's journey for us is actually Him being relentless in tracking us down in His love. Another way to put it is that God doesn't call the equipped. God equips the called. How does he do that? He does that through Jesus. First, Jesus cleanses us from all our sin. Because remember, sin is all we bring to the journey, but we don't need our sin on this journey, so Jesus takes it away through his own relentless journey of his birth, his life, his death, his resurrection, and his ascension. And then Jesus prepares us for the journey, which means Jesus can bring people into our lives or he can bring companions for the journey. He can give us talents and gifts and passions that equip us for the journey. And finally, after doing all of this, Jesus actually makes the journey with us. He walks with us every step of the way. My favorite, my favorite illustration of this is of this promise is footprints in the sand. One night I dreamed a dream. I was walking along the beach with my Lord. Across the dark sky flashed scenes from my life. For each scene I noticed two sets of footprints in the sand, one belonging to me and one to my Lord. When the last scene of my life shot before me and I looked back at the footprints in the sand, there was only one set of footprints at times, and it was there that I realized those were the lowest and the saddest times of my life, and that bothered me. Why is there only one set of footprints? So I questioned the Lord. Lord, you told me when I began to follow you, you would walk and talk with me all the way, but I'm aware that during the most turbulent times and troublesome times of my life, there are only one set of footprints. I don't understand why. When I needed you the most, you weren't there. You left me. And he whispered, my precious child, I love you and will never leave you. Never, ever. During your trials and testings, when you saw only one set of footprints, it was then that I carried you. I'm going to save the next section of this message for Wednesday night. I've got another bit I want to say as a follow-up to Wednesday night. We'll see what you come up with as well on your mostly blank sheets of paper. So let me conclude here by saying that wherever you are in the journey, if you're just starting, if you're in the are we there yet phase, or wherever you are, it could be in the darkest part of your travels, my encouragement to you is to stay on the journey. Know this, you're going to end up in a good place. The journey is worth it. The destination makes it all worth it. Stay on this relentless journey because Jesus is with you, bringing you to an incredible place that he himself is preparing for you 
as he promised. I encourage you who are followers of Jesus to keep on the journey, stay on the journey, for you will end up in the promised land of heaven with Jesus. If you're not a follower of Jesus yet, reach out to your family and friends who are, or even to us here at St. Matthew, to find out more about this relentless journey and how God can equip you and bless you for the journey. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to today's message on Boundless. I hope that today's message brought you the love and hope that will meet your need. I'm the pastor at St. Matthew Lutheran Church in Hawthorne Wood, Illinois. And at St. Matthew, we see that there is boundless need all around us that can be met with the boundless love of Jesus so we can all live with boundless hope. For more, go to our website, www.stmats.net. That's www.stmatts.net. There you will find more content and resources that will give you the boundless love of Jesus. If you are in the northwest suburbs of Chicago, I would love to see you this weekend. You can go to the St. Matthew website to plan your visit. In the meantime, find us on Instagram at St. Matthew Hawthorne Woods. There is no E in Hawthorne, by the way. And we're also on Facebook and YouTube. Thanks for listening to Boundless. Remember, the answer to all need is Jesus, who is love and brings hope.